Welcome to the Dynasty Academy, Michael Washington Weeks. You know, Travis Kittle, you're talking about tight ends. Travis Kittle was like a fourth round pick. Did you want to do like a mic check to make sure that one of us isn't hotter than the other? Or Mark Angst. I have legal on too many apps. I don't know what to follow. Want to hear something funny? Restart. Eli Manuel. My inspiration is people that think AJ Dillon's going to be a thing. My super secret locale. Undo. Undo. Tom Brady had somebody to play footballs. Justin Herbert had somebody to play somebody's lawn. People literally making fun of him because his jersey looked like he was a peewee football player inside of freaking jersey. I mean. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Ask Howie Roseman. I mean, we discuss it all the time, you know. DK Metcalf and JJ Arcegia Whiteside and Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager, but hindsight's always 2020 and it's always perfect. I mean, everybody makes the mistake. How many people passed on Tom Brady? We hear that how many how many years in a row now we've heard about that? I do, I do find that funny a lot of times though, because the team that took those players also passed on them, including DK Metcalf. Right. But he ain't <laughs> mad at them. No. Like. <laughs> so hindsight's always twenty twenty. So uh, this will be the we'll, we'll we'll dub this the Howie Roseman show. Is that we want to we want to give him the <laughs> is that what we want to do? No, okay. Uh, tonight we're gonna redraft three rounds. We decide on three rounds. Tight end premium, super flex as always. Uh, a th- redraft the rookie draft class from twenty twenty. See what we did there. Thanks, Eli. Uh, <laughs> this is the episode that Eli wanted back in, what was it, November? I think December. <laughs> and uh, we did our little randomization of draft picks, and Eli got the first pick, I got the second, and Mark got the third. So, let's kick this thing right off. If Who are you drafting right now from the 2020 rookie draft class? Eli, you're on the clock. Uh, so I went back and forth on this quite a bit. Um, but after the discussion that we've had about these players, um, I settled in and I can totally see this being a 1A, 1B situation, uh, just depending on which one you prefer. But at the 101 here, in a super flex, I'm going Justin Herbert. Wow, I am and actually surprised. Obviously, Joe Burrow's the one B there for me. Upside is there for sure. Um, if, if we can see him put this together long term, uh, we brought this comp up, uh, Michael. I think you did a couple weeks ago. That kind of reminds you of uh, more Aaron Rodgers esque. He could have that mobility upside. He's got the arm. He's uh, proven he can do it year one. So. I'm taking Justin Herbert 101. Yeah, he's a tough, tough SOB too. I mean, just just like Aaron Rodgers, he has that drive. He wants to be excellent at all times, and I, I that that would have been my pick. I, I don't know what Marks would have been at one, but I mean, Herbert would have been my guy at one. Yeah, it would have been my pick also. Yeah, so uh, I got stuck at two. Stuck at two. Listen to me. 
stuck. Like it was so. Ooh, there's three of us. Ah. Um, and I'm I'm taking Joe Burrow here. I think before the uh, ankle injury, I think he was showcasing what he um, was capable of. I think that 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 offense is only going to get better. I know a lot of Bengals fans really want the firing of Zach Taylor, but I actually think that it was a smart move for Cincinnati not to fire him this year. Give him one more year. We're into year two. Young offense. T. Higgins, it looks like he's the real deal. They got to get a little help. Offensive line's obviously a big issue, so they have to address that in free agency. Um, but Joe Burrow looked like he was the the, the real deal. Um, surpassed my expectations of him, to be completely honest with you. So I'm taking Joe Burrow at two here for the Bengals. I never, I never understood the let's fire a coach after two season narrative. Especially you literally can't. But you, but you literally can't build a team in two years. I, it, it's not how that works. It's, it doesn't work that way. So it just never made sense to me. Give them a little time to, to finally get some players on the team that fit more into the system he wants to run. You know, year one, you're taking over from somebody else's picture of a team. It just It just never made sense to me. Joe Burrow is easy the second pick. I was kind of hoping you would pass on him, but my hopes did not come, <laughs> come true there. Eli, your second pick also? Yeah, I, like I said, uh, kind of the 1A, 1B for me. Yeah, that's pretty Herbert, good. Just with a slight edge. All right. This is where it gets tough now. Back to the drawing board, you, Mark. You, yeah, well, YouTube's are the easy ones. Those are those are the locked in. Boom! It's like it's like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Field. One, two, boom. Move on. Next at three now. Like I feel like there's so many different directions to go in. I've got two players that I feel like should be here, but I'm interested to see where you go. I have three. But I'm going to go with the one who I believe has the most upside at this point in J.K. Dobbins running back Baltimore Ravens. Um, uh, As we get through some of these other players, I'll talk about who I was considering. I don't want to name any names at this point. Don't want to name drop during the during the draft. But Dobbins just he's on a team that wants to run the ball. There is no doubt about that. Yes, he plays with a quarterback who can also run and will do it any time, which does cap him a tad bit. But we saw even with Mark Ingram two years ago, he can score TDs at a high rate. And Dobbins is just way more athletic at this point than Ingram is. And even if they keep Gus Edwards around, which I could see but also doesn't make a ton of sense, it'd be better if Justice Hill was kept around. Because Dobbins will then take the whole lion's share of the running game, and then he'll split passing with, with Justice. But that that offense is just built for a good running back, and, and Dobbins is just showing he's he's got it. So he's he's easily my number three. Any any bones out there about that one? Uh, little surprising to me. Not where I thought you were going. Makes sense, but just not where I thought you were going. That's all. I can see it. I got, like I said, I got two guys. They'll probably be coming up here shortly, but. Well, you are on the clock. You're on the clock at pick four. Go ahead. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Is this a a three-team league? This is a three-team league. This is a three-team league. Yeah. Yeah. We should do one of those. That would be great. Anyways, let's see. 
No, thank you. So uh, this is a <laughs> this is a tough one for me. I got a uh, A B situation here as well, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson, one of the guys I considered a three. I will admit that so, he was one of them. Yep. So he was he's one of my guys at three. There's another one which you know, should be going here shortly. Um, but yeah, Justin Jefferson, just with the year he put up. Uh, I think he has potentially the most long-term upside in this draft class other than Herbert and Burrow, right? So that's where I I feel comfortable going there. Totally agree. Totally agree with all that. That's Yeah, he was – I considered him right there at three. He was one of the three I considered. That's where I thought Mark was going. Uh, That's where I thought you were going with Jefferson right there. Yeah, it was a good possibility. I, I don't right. have any issues with J.K. Dobbins pick, obviously, but uh, no. at, at five, because Justin Jefferson ah. just went off the board, I am taking Jonathan Taylor running back from yes. the Colts at five. Um, I like it. I, I, well, you know, honestly, for a long time, the beginning half of the year, first half of the year, he didn't really look like the guy. He came on really strong towards the end of the year. Um, I, I'm still not 100% sure what they're going to do with Marlon Mack per se. They probably will let him walk because he came off the injury, but I don't know if there's any possible doubts in the Colts organization. It didn't look like it at the end of the year, but you know, they, they look over the whole body of the, the season. They don't just look at half a season, but again, 2020 was a COVID season. So it's kind of hard to really gauge where these people are. Uh, but he looked like the real deal at the end of the year. And uh, I, I, personally think that they're going to let Matt walk and they're going to probably go with Naheem Hines and him for the future down the road. Did we talk you through it a little bit there about a week ago when we kind of had a a heart to heart about Taylor? Uh, I I was already in the process of thinking about it. I mean, we, you guys definitely obviously play a lot of factors into it because I spend a lot of time talking to you guys about certain things, but the more I just looked at Taylor and the more that I saw him after that, then yeah, you know, it just, one of those situations where I think that I was definitely clouded by what the first half of the season looked like and didn't really pay too much attention to him down the road because of the fact of that first half of that season. It felt very meh. So I think everybody kind of started looking away. Right. And then I'd like to look at all of these, not all, because some of these rookie running backs performed more earlier in the year. Right. But I think that, for the most part, the big four that we had coming into the season all really kind of started to show what they could do weeks 11 through 17 range. That's when we started seeing them get more touches. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, weeks 11 through 17, 24.3 points per game in PPR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Jonathan Taylor. Not, yeah. yeah. That's not boring. No, no, not at all. And and I think that that's where my disconnect was. Like you just said, like the front half of the year was very just kind of, man. And a lot of it really was the same for a lot of these guys. It's just that Taylor, he had had the, the workload though. So that's, right. that's why his was more met. He was getting the chance. Right. He had the opportunity in comparison to yes. the other guys. So that's the reason why I think it was. But, you know, obviously the talk with you guys a couple of weeks ago and then just really diving into it, it just – it looks like this guy is – His biggest thing is he, he needs to keep working on his vision. That's That was his, his biggest problem early on was he wasn't seeing the hole open up. He seems to be getting there now. So that's 
other than that, he has all of the physical tools to be an amazing running back. Absolutely. If he can get his feet, his vision down, seeing those holes properly. I mean, a backfield of him, Hines, and, and, and Wilkins as the what? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know if he fumbled late after after that Thursday night game when he fumbled and they benched him. I, I think he, I don't know, he had a fumble after that. Well, no, but I'm just saying that. I mean, that was one of the issues he had at Wisconsin. For you sure, know, you yeah. can't you can't transfer that to the NFL and expect to that see was, the field. That was one of my arguments against him. I mean, yeah, I think that's. But you you just you pair him with Hines and Wilkins, and and we saw it this year it worked perfectly. You give Taylor the bulk load; he still catches passes. They were still using Hines in the running game, also, which is is how you should do it. Don't just typecast Taylor as the one two. And then Hines is the three. Everybody knows what you're doing then. Use Taylor on third down. Bring Hines in on first down. And then right. your, your offense opens up so much more. It sucks that Costanzo did retire, though. So that that is yeah, going to a take a hit. little bit of a hit to that O-line. They played well this past week without Costanzo. So that, you know, maybe they have their guy already, but that does take a huge hit. You know, just knocks a little bit of the the great, great offensive <laughs> line that he had going in. All right, number six. Um, That's a good top five. Very good top five. Great top five. I'm going to go with the third player that I considered at the number three pick in Cam Akers running back Los Angeles Rams. The reason I chose Dobbins over Akers at three mainly comes down to I just believe in the coaching stack of the Ravens to actually give Dobbins the better opportunity. And... He has the better O-line. Akers is probably going to lose Whitworth this offseason. This guy's been, I think he's 38, 39. And you can see the difference when they didn't have Whitworth to this past weekend when they did. And he was, I mean, Akers was killing it this past weekend. So I, I do believe it's going to be a one-two punch with him and and uh, Daryl Henderson. And at getting, getting a starting running back at the sixth pick, I could have went two other ways here, but I think this is the best one still on the board with the best situation still left. Uh, yeah, for me, Akers was a guy that I considered where Jonathan Taylor was, obviously, and we discussed a little bit about my my love for this guy. But, you know, 29 for 171 against the Patriots three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, didn't perform that well against the Jets, but then he just rattled off 28 for 170, 131 against Seattle in Seattle in the playoffs. So, he seems to be getting the bulk carries. They seem to be trusting him. Uh, he's been the most efficient running back that the that the Rams have had. So now it will just be a matter of whether or not they they go into it. And the other thing is to remember with Cam is he turns 22 in June this year. He, he was only 21 last year. So, I mean, he's still and young. And he was not a running back when he went into college. Right, he was a quarterback. He's still learning his position. Right. So... I like the acres pick there in comparison to what's left on the board. Uh, Eli, you're on the clock at 107 here, man. All right. Um, so this is going to be an abnormal draft for me. Um, but I, with the players coming off the board there, acres is up there for me. I'm going to go CD lamb here. So I'm going to double up on wide receiver there. Uh, no, I, we've talked about C.D. Lamb quite a bit as well. Michael, I think you want him to bulk up a little bit. Uh, we discussed that last week. I just 
as much as I don't like the situation in Dallas and, you know, if, unless that team can turn it around, but I just think he is one of those talents that is going to perform no matter what situation he's put in. So I'm going to stick with CD lamb here. So Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, that that's a pretty easy combo that you could have on your fantasy team right now in dynasty. Cause you could have gotten CD lamb in the fir- mid to late first and Justin Jefferson in the early second. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw Jefferson following to the end of the first to the even mid second oh, yeah. rounds of time. So yeah, that's, it's a great pick. Great pick with lamb there. I mean, he's, he's on an offense that keeps its offensive coordinator should have their quarterback back. So definitely, definitely. It's promising for the turnaround. Yeah. I, I like Lamb. I like the talent. Uh, I don't know if I would have taken him there myself, but I think there's a couple other receivers that I kind of like the upper side more too than what Lamb showed in his first year. But like you said, Dallas was kind of a mess. So you kind of got to grade him with a curve, you know, there. So I, I'm fine with it as far as, you know, my personal preference is concerned. Uh, who was it? Me, me at eight? You are up. Me at eight. Uh, I'm taking DeAndre Swift here, running back for Detroit. Uh, We we discussed last last week a little bit about that that whole area is kind of a mess, and they didn't really trust Swift down the stretch as much as they as much as we would have liked. But it's going to be a whole new coaching staff, hopefully a competent coaching staff that can utilize Swift's talent. Because let's let's face it, Swift is a. I mean, he was. 1A, 1B to a lot of people heading into this draft. Um, Didn't really go to a great situation with Matt Patricia. Patricia's gone. I wish that they would have given him more touches down the stretch than Adrian Peterson, though, so they could at least seen what they had in him. And I don't know if that was just Bevel's big FU to the organization or, or what, but Swift here at eight, I feel comfortable taking him with the upside of the talent in the hopes that we see more of him next year. Yeah, and I the Swift is the next running back to me that one of two at this point. One of two left that I would have thought at that point. So that's a it's a good pick to me. Uh Mark yeah, he would have been next in line for me. So yeah. Yeah. Right there. Mark one oh nine. Now one oh nine. Now it gets real. Well it's just uh there's actually two players that I this is this is a one A one B situation from here with with a like uh, Eli's had a few times here. I've, do I do I go get the wide receiver I want at this point or do I go with another running back? That's I'm going to go with the running back. Wide receiver is deep. I I can I can get some good wide receivers coming up here. So I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson, running back, Washington Football Team. I, I could see taking Gibson over DeAndre Swift, actually. Um, they they seem to to utilize him for most of the season very well. Um, just passing game, they utilized him and McKissick on the field together. I loved it. I loved when they were both on the field together. It just totally out of a different dimension in that team. And Alex Smith played great. If he comes back into here, that's great. Heineke come, comes in and... and I mean, they should definitely give Heineke a chance at the job. 
he's earned the respect of his team, and that that's that's a huge thing for a guy who bounced around the league like he has. So, um, or even a rookie or someone else at quarterback, but Gibson definitely has the role in my opinion. Yeah, I like Gibson there. I considered him with Swift, but <clears throat> I just Swift has the better talent. Is he is the better talent and like, Gibson's I pretty talented understand though. That. Gibson's pretty he talented. Is. But Swift is the superior one. It's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Eli, 110? Yep, 110. Will he be any running backs? Let's see. <laughs> He's like, uh... No, my top nine are off the board. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I can just jump right in here. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with... It could just go in order. I'm going to go uh, James Robinson here. If you believe he stays the starter, that's a solid pick. At- that, it's, it's another sketchy situation, but uh, I'm willing to take the risk with the upside there if uh, he gets volume. And we've seen, you know, we saw Leonard Fournette produce there uh, just off of sheer volume. And I think you can argue that James Robinson is better than Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, 110, uh, James Robinson. My biggest issue with James Robinson is it reminds me so much of Philip Lindsay. That whole situation reminds me so oh, much, much of Philip so. Lindsay. Two straight thousand yard seasons at Denver, and they still went out and brought in Melvin Gordon. They still shared the backfield and split it. I, I don't know if that's what Jacksonville is going to do. I've been preaching it all season that I still think that they're going to bring somebody in. If they don't, it's a great pick because just based off sheer volume volume alone and getting a quarterback that can throw the ball is going to be big for him. So, Yeah, I'm willing to take that chance. So I'm just – and yeah, you're a running back. At this point, I don't – I you know, right? That's that's about where if, – if we truly redrafted the rookie draft and, and leagues, it's probably – he probably goes around there even earlier. I could see people taking him over Acres. Acres isn't big on a lot of people's boards and stuff like that. I could see him going over the wide receivers. I could see him going over Swift even. But I mean, people, there's it's probably two more guys that I could really take over him here. But um, I'll see where they go up coming here next. So. Yeah, Michael, you're up. Uh, One eleven, right? So one eleven. Went quarterback, went two running backs. So I think here I'm going to go my first receiver off the board. Um, thought about going quarterback possibly here, but I, I like the upside and the better side of the wide receiver in this situation. And I, I think that moving forward, if he can get his counterpart to be healthy, it, they're going to pose a lot of problems for the NFC. And I'm taking Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver of San Francisco here at 111. Um <clears throat> I was big on him coming out. I remember somebody telling me that I was kind of nuts for having him inside my top five. Um, but I, I, I really like him. They use him in a creative way. Uh, he's also can go out there and the out play on the outside. He can play on the inside. He can do your jet sweeps. He can do your reverses. Uh, Debo late. Yeah. I mean, I think he might be better than Debo. If you want my honest opinion. Um, it, it's just, if Debo can stay healthy, they can complement each other. So for me, 
Brandon Ayuk here, especially if they can get a quarterback that can stretch the field. That was my other option. The so only right there with you. The only thing about Ayuk that slightly worries me, and the only reason I'd have a wide a different another wide receiver that I'm going to take here over him is just the fact that he didn't really have Debo or George Kittle this season around him. And a, and a team that uses their running backs as much as they do, that could play a factor. So it's the only reason I would take T. Higgins ahead of him. So I'm happy you took Ayuk, so I get T. Higgins here. I am taking T. Higgins, wide receiver, from the Cincinnati Bengals. Bungles at one point. They were. <laughs> they looked, were. I really looked, like it. Looked much better at one point in this season when they when they had all their weapons going. They they looked like a good offense. So I, I there's a lot of hope with that offense coming into next season. Once Burrow's fully healed, Mixon's healed. You got Higgins and Boyd working the one two. AJ Green will be gone. You know so. Boyd's, Boyd's the number two receiver. That's just what he is, what he will be. And, and as long as everybody realizes that it's the best, T is an alpha, and that's what he's going to be. So getting him in the back half here, I'm, I'm very happy with that. I love it. I mean, it was between Ayuk and, and T for me. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's I just, where I was. It was between I those two for me. So, so does this mean we have a consensus top 12? Yeah. yeah I mean – I, I probably would have had one more person in over James Robinson personally, but I think James Robinson at 110 is is still a very good get if you just based off sheer volume alone. But yeah, I would say pretty consensus. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, 201 then. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to kick off 201 here. And as we discussed, um, Chiefs running backs, I, I, I just think there's still value there. But I think this is why I was never going to take him above a lot of the guys that we talked about on this list, obviously. Um, in hindsight, Ayuk and a couple other guys, Robinson, obviously would have been below Clyde Edwards-Alaire here, but 201 Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, I, I did not think he was worth a top five, six pick in this year's draft. So I stayed away from him everywhere, and I think this is fair value, though. I think 201, fair value for him because there is upside there and there is potential. Uh, we just need to see it click, and we need to see it um, consistently. My my biggest concern with him is didn't really have any vol- didn't really have any competition. They went out and brought Le'Veon Bell in midway through the season and then Eric Benemy is definitely probably 100% gone. And I know that that's Andy Reed's team for the most part, but Benemy has been a staple there for the last three, four years now. Something is not, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for him to go from being a bolt guy to learning a new system in the second year, especially where we saw a lot of these guys had issues this year with the COVID year not having that off season. So he does have at least an off season to learn it, but it's retraining your thought process unless they hire in-house for the OC, which is very possible. That That's my only issues with CEH. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think that like Mark said, he could have some big games. 
most likely we'll have some big games just based off volume alone. Le'Veon Bell will probably not be there next year, but it doesn't stop me from thinking that they won't may not bring somebody in, you know, and Damian Williams should be returning. I, I think this just shows how deep this 2020 class really was. Oh, for sure. I, I think it was, you know, it was talked about, but it was still underestimated because we can go through here and we're saying fair value for a guy that, coming in after the draft was pretty much consensus top three. Um, so getting that kind of value at 201 is, you know. Oh, for sure. We're, this is a deep class. You should have gotten lots of these picks. <laughs> uh, so 202, uh, I'm going back to the wide receiver. I'm dipping back into that pool. Uh, this one might surprise some people. I'm not sure, but I'm taking Michael Pittman, wide receiver of the Colts here. Uh, Philip Rivers is going to be gone. Uh, I think that's pretty much be a, good a, thing. a guarantee that he's going to be gone. If they can get somebody in there that, you know, the speculation, obviously the Carson Wentz connection, if that ever does come to fruition, uh, and really anybody that has an arm, <laughs> I mean, Philip Rivers played pretty well for being a 38-year-old noodle arm, but anybody that has an arm, Michael Pittman's stock is gonna is gonna go through the roof. Um, and if Paris Campbell comes back, it's just gonna make it even more dangerous. Uh, just needs to stay healthy. So for me, I, I, I take Michael Pittman here at 202. Great pick. He would have probably been probably been who I would have taken next. Well, you're on the clock, 203. So where are we going with this one? I am going to go with Jalen Rager, wide receiver, Philadelphia Eagles. I was pretty high on Rager coming into the season. He was my 2-3 wide receiver post-draft. Very not-so-great season, but Philly as a whole – did not have a great season. So um, I, I just think there's there's upside there, and he could bounce back at this point. Upside's high. I can see it. Philly's a mess, but they need to get somebody in there that's, that's right, so. Yeah, they just – I just – I. I just take this season for that Philly team and I just completely throw it out. It, yep. They had so many injuries, so many internal problems with, with things going on with that team. Um, so, yeah, I don't I, – I, I just believe in the talent of Rager at this point, and I probably would have went Pittman over him. So, you know, he's now, what, the fifth, sixth wide receiver going off the board at this point. So, that's – that to me is probably where he's about out at this point. I did see a crazy stat that like only seven players for Philadelphia actually made it to the full 16 games. That was it all year. It was on offense or as like a whole team, including the defense as a whole, only seven players on that entire team made 16 games. The only receiver was Greg Ward. That's rough. (laughs) Uh, Eli two Oh four. Let's 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 just truck right along. Let's just truck right along here. Two oh four. What do you got here? 
Uh, I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go Chase Claypool here. Um, I would not – I mold that over a lot, and that's right about where I see him falling in. I got him right down there with Pittman. Um, so I'm going Claypool. Uh, I know that's a whole nother, you know, as we talk about what next year is going to look like with a lot of these teams. I just, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in Pittsburgh. And I, I just think he's got that type of talent and the upside athletically that we can see him thrive in just about any system. And he's got big playability, um, had some big games. So we'll see what happens. Again, we're in a second round of a rookie draft. I'm starting to shoot more for potential upside and things of that nature here. Uh, if it's not Madison Rudolph and and not Big Ben, that, that actually is probably a good thing for Chase Claypool at this point. Oh, yeah. I sure. mean, if they go with Rudolph, you could completely fade Claypool right out because that offense is going to be terrible with Rudolph. Right. Big Ben at least gives it a little bit because he it's you know he's still good, but – his arm is also deteriorated, kind of like Philip Rivers. But you get in a, a quarterback in there that has a, a stronger arm that can make some of the throws that Claypool can – I mean, he's fast. Claypool is – for the oh, yeah. size that he is, he is fast. So, you know, you get him in that kind of DK Metcalf type of role where he's going downfield and just, just outbodying and going up and get getting the ball, that could be a great pick. It, it literally just comes down to the quarterback position in that on that team. Nothing else. I don't care if they bring Juju back. I don't care about anything else other than what they do at quarterback because Claypool is just oh, – yeah. to me, He's... him and Deontay are the one-two of that team. For sure. Yep. Uh, that puts me on the clock at 2.05, right? Yes. Definitely. Right. 2.05. Yes. Uh, I am going to go quarterback to a tag of Viola Damn here it. for the Dolphins. Uh, we mentioned last show, well, what we mentioned last show that he showed, he had some really good games. He was benched multiple times. It was a very inconsistent up and down year. Again, COVID year as a rookie, you know, may have come back too soon from the hip injury. Uh, I still think Miami's going to give him another shot. I don't think that they're going to pull off this Watson trade that everybody keeps, you know, pipe dreaming about. And I, I, I'm going to take him here. I mean, even if he does get traded to Houston, I think I would probably still take him here just as a starting quarterback based on talent alone. Situation. And that so. that team has pieces. <laughs> well, the situation. I don't know what pieces. David Johnson's uh, I mean, thirty, going on yeah, thirty. Yeah, but, oh, no, but I mean, O line isn't isn't terrible. No, the O line's not terrible. Surprisingly, not the one thing about the Texans right now is their O line's not terrible. <laughs> right. So, so let me put it this way: you you have an O line, so that that protects him. Brandon Cooks is not a horrible wide receiver if used in the proper role. You can bring in a wide receiver at, at even at pick sixty something. You you can you're going to get a wide receiver in this class that's good enough. Marlon Mack is on the, is is going to be available. Jamal Williams is going to be available. Um, and I'm sure there's other running backs. There are other running backs that you can sign in for agency that you don't need to spend a ton of money who are are just better options than David Johnson at this point. And even if you bring back David Johnson, he's he's at least capable enough to be all right. And that defense is not good. Well, the which biggest, is a good thing. 
for <laughs> a quarterback. For, for a quarterback. What, one of the biggest issues I have with Houston is they're in the salary cap nightmare. And they already don't have pieces on offense. I mean, well, yeah, but so if, if you're outside of Brandon Watkins, Cooks, who else is Tua throwing to? Well, right. I mean, but I it's mean, a rotisserie you bring, door. You, know? you need to bring in other other pieces. But I, I but you, there's you're options. only limited, though, with your salary cap problem. They're already well, 15 take, million underneath. Take Watson off of it, though. And Tua is going to be on a rookie contract. So that, that that's going to give you so much money right there. And don't forget. Teams figure out how to make the salary cap. <laughs> of course they do, but I'm just we saying see, that. I mean, I don't not, know how the Steelers. Ideal. I don't know how the Steelers every season seem to <laughs> sign new players because they seem to be over the salary cap every year. The same with the Saints; they seem to be over the salary cap, but yet they sign new players to the team. <laughs> don't ask me how they do it, but it's it's not a great situation. But I, I think there's options there with at least a new regime in Houston that Tua could go to. It's why I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson. I mean, Watson's just better, so he makes everybody better around him. Oh, of course, absolutely. But it's not the worst place for Tua to go. No. And at 205 here, I mean, I think it's a great value pick no matter where he is. I'm just just throwing it out there that Houston's not exactly the ideal situation. That's all I'm saying. No, I'd rather him stay there. And I I just – these people who think that Miami's going to give up the 103 and Tua to get Watson, that's that's just crazy to me. Yep, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd, especially where Miami is, and they're only like a couple pieces away. It's two first round picks. It doesn't make sense. If I don't take Rager at two hundred three, would you have taken him at two hundred five? Or Eli, would you have taken him at two hundred four? I I've got him a little. I got a couple guys ahead of him there. So you know, Michael. What Rager? Yeah. Uh, who would have you taken at two hundred four? I mean, uh, two hundred three. Tua. If you would have taken Tua. No, I probably wouldn't have taken Rager at 205 either. Damn. I played the game. I thought maybe two would fall one more time to me. I think Eli was going Claypool no matter what. So I, I don't think which that is, that Which is fine. That's what I mean. I, I would have just taken two at two or three like I was going to. I got cute. I mean, don't get cute. Don't get cute. This... I, I, I would have taken probably the guy you're going to take here, Mark. At 205 is my guess. Oh, and you're man. on the clock right now at 206, by the way. I am. I, I was hoping two would fall. I am going to take, hoping they draft Justin Fields as their quarterback, Denzel Mims, wide receiver for the New York Jets. I am very high in Mims. I'm still very high in Mims. I, you know, I, he showed some flashes this season, even having Adam Gase and an offense that just didn't seem to really do much at any point of the season. Yep. Um, so I'll still believe in the talent of Mims. I, you know, Mims, Mims could easily be a, a wide receiver going in the first round, even in, in something like this based on talent alone, Trevor Lawrence would have been better, but I still think Justin Fields is, is a great quarterback. And if, if they don't take Fields and they take Zach Wilson, you could change this pick to absolutely anybody else at that point because I'm done. I'm done with the Jets. I'm done with them. Just gonna move off. But I'm holding. I'm holding a little bit of hope here that they do the right thing and draft Justin Fields or trade out. I was, say, does, pieces. I was gonna say, does it change for you if Sam Darnold's still there? Uh, no, I I think Darnold could be a good quarterback. Oh, I I do so, too. I'm just wondering so where you are you, with it. That's if all. you take it, the tackle and you keep Sam Darnold, I'm I'm fine with that because oh. Gase is gone. Let's see what Sam Darnold can do. 
as as a twenty three year old with no Adam Gase teaching him how to be a b hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, Eli two oh seven. Does that throw a wrinkle in your plans here? Maybe. Mims. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with the wide receivers here, and I'm gonna go Lavisca Chenault. That's who I considered. Yeah, great pick. I think that's another one where um, they take Lawrence or you know whatever we see here in the upcoming draft. There shouldn't be no or. I know. (laughs) There's no or. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. There is an or. There just shouldn't be an or. Right. Until I see that pick come in, I am not (laughs) sold that the Jacks will just make the right choice there. So, anyways, I think that just – he showed flashes this year of being able to get the ball in his hands and uh, create yards. Um, So, in Jacksonville, obviously – Let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. Absolutely. so. Jay Gruden and Doug Marone are not inventive offensive minds and don't know how to use a guy like LaVisca Schnell. If there's a coach that comes in that uses LaVisca like Debo gets used, wheels up. Let's also remember the only wide receiver of note left on the team, I think, would be Chark along with Schnell. Because I know Keelan Cole, which Cole could totally. be resigned. I'm okay with that. That doesn't yeah. change much for me. But Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, and there's a third wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is Westbrook still on that team, or did he they? He still is. He was, he was on IR. He's still there. I could remember. But I think but, DJ Chark, LaVisca, Chanel, and Keelan Cole are a great one, two, three combination for a guy right, like I'm Trevor trying to Lawrence. Cole. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't really have a tight end to steal from. James Robinson does catch passes, but he's not like this prolific pass-catching player. So – you know, you're not stealing a ton from other positions. So three wide receivers can can be utilized in that offense. Just get him an offensive mind that you'd use him so much better than Jake Gruden. Please. Please. Urban Meyer is I'm fine with it. Because I, I think Urban can bring in some some college or whatever coordinators that could could just do better things with these players. Good pick. Definitely. So this puts me on the clock at 2.08. And it does. Mark. 2.08. You played the game earlier. I played the game last this past round, and it worked out for me. Didn't work out for you. So uh, I'm taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver yeah. in Denver here. Not a big fan of Judy as a whole, and the Denver situation's a little bit of a mess up, a little messy. Vic Fangio is not a good head coach, in my opinion. He's kind of holding back, I think, that offense. But. I think at 208, when you're looking at a guy who's clearly going to be on the field in a situation, I think that Judy with a full year in offseason will thrive moving forward in Denver. Now, what that thrive is, is what's his ceiling? Like I said, not a huge Jerry Judy fan as a whole, but at 208, I think it's good enough value for being a starter in the league to take him there. Um, Chenault was my other guy that I was thinking about when I took Tua last round, but I'll, I'll go Judy here at 2-8 and be all right with it. Yeah, I get the pick. I understand. Just, just it's, not, not, it's not a sexy pick at all. 
No, there's not <laughs> sexy on, at all. Again, we Judy are in, in the back half of the second round. So yeah, right. So that puts Mark. You're on the clock at two oh nine. Then it does. Not loving this position at this point, <laughs> but the real, real steep decline here. This is where it gets it, tough. It starts to now. It, it, starts it starts really. To really kinda, yeah, you're looking I for upside guys here. I think I'm going to stick with a guy who I believe can be a number one wide receiver in this league on a team that hopefully should be better next year in Brian Edwards, wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yeah, I mean – but what, what I mean, when I look at what's what else is around on the board still – I don't, I don't know that there's a wide receiver with more upside than him at this point left. Um, I like and even it. running back, you don't or you do, you said? I do. I really like it. Yeah. I just – at this point, I don't see and, – and but he would have been the guy I would have taken over Judy if, if Judy was, and him were available at the same time. I, I would take Edwards over Judy, just, just over town alone. And I don't, I don't know that the situations are that much different. I don't want to name drop, but – well, you're up. So, I mean, if you, yeah, you're, if you you're got on a the guy, clock at 210, I mean, go ahead. Don't make me, don't gonna, make me do it. Don't make me. If do you it. got a guy, go ahead, do it. <laughs> so, I, well, you know what we're going to do here? I'm pretty much in a spot where I can kind of go a couple different ways. And I made a comment earlier, and I'm going to stick to that. So, Brian Edwards just went, um, but I'm going to go Donovan Peoples Jones, Cleveland Browns. At 209. For shooting for 210. Sorry, 210. We are. That's perfect right there. So 210, I think that is perfect value. I think there's a lot of upside there. I don't know that he's going to be some superstar talent, but I think he's definitely going to be a guy that gets you points for your fantasy team, which is what we're trying to do, right? Um, Showed some stuff down the stretch, made some good catches. Um, I think, you know, with another year and a full off season, um, depending on what we have with Odell and Landry, um, I think their contracts are still, both of them, I believe are still under contract to 2023. Um, but I think that he can stretch the field and he's a much better wide receiver talent than what we kind of look at him as sometimes. So 210 Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had so flashes. Somebody I, I else. Will, he he did have flashes. And that's all I need so to I, see. So, um, and if you're shooting for upside, I, he got it just as much of it as probably most guys left at this point. To be fair, but I still didn't name drop. So. You did not. So it's uh, Michael two eleven. Man, two eleven. Um, looking at what I've drafted so far. I kind of feel like I need to shift gears here and move away from wide receiver. I got two quarterbacks. Uh, I'm going to go running back. AJ Dillon, Green Bay. Wow. Um, Don't love the pick here, but it's more the situation than it is the talent. You believe Aaron Jones is gone. He's going to be the backfield. I, I, I don't know if, I don't know what to expect with Green Bay here. 
uh, I feel like that if there was going to be any type of an extension, it would have come mid-season. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't know what Green Bay's thinking about when it comes to Aaron Jones, and somebody is going to offer him money. Let's be honest. There's going to be a team out there that is going to offer him money. Now, whether or not that pans out is a different story. Please don't do it, Miami. Well, Houston could be a choice. Houston, you know, yep, the Miami. Jets could be an option. The Jets got seventy-three million to deal with. Yep. Uh, you know, Jacksonville, they got what sixty some odd million or whatever, eighty million. I don't know what it is, but they have a ton of money. So I've been trying to not think about this, guys. I just I, want to have I, a peaceful <laughs> offseason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eli. Hey. Uh, I just but, think that somebody is going to offer him money, and I just I agree. And and he he came from what was it TCU. Was that where he no. was? Um, UTEP. UTEP. Yeah, Texas UTEP. school. Houston, Texas. You know, might be a might be a possible other option too as they look for to recoup that running back situation. So, uh, I AJ Dillon just might be in a good spot here, and if I can get a guy at two eleven that's going to have uh, an opportunity and chance to play a lot of downs, I'm going to take it. So. AJ Dillon, two eleven. Not, not, don't love it, but <laughs> that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if if in your mind you think they move on from Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams probably will be gone. Also, Jamal I don't know Williams if they'll resign sure him either. Gone, I think. I mean, I could see them trying to resign one of them just to keep some kind of. Well, Jamal will be cheaper, so it might be Jamal right. would be the guy that they would. But and that's he doesn't typically what the AJ Dillon. Yeah. As much as, as Aaron Jones obviously does. So if, if you're looking for pure upside, we saw it three weeks ago when he had the bulk of the carries. And he, he if that offense is just so good around him, it will make him better than he probably is. So yeah. Yeah. Don't don't hate it. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Understand take him, it. Take him for a year and trade him in the offseason. All right, two twelve close. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Close out the second round, Mark. Oh man. There's a running back that I thought you were going to take right there when you said you were going to running back. Probably the same guy that I was contemplating right there, <laughs> to be honest with you. I am going to take – I'm going to go with the running back, Zach Moss. He looks like the better running back in Buffalo. Devin Singletary is still on a rookie deal. He will be around, but Zach – when healthy was clearly better than Devin in both phases of the game. So they will use them. Josh Allen will vulture some touchdowns, which really sucks for Zach Moss's value. Cause if he could at least get that role from Josh Allen, he'd be so much more valuable. But I think at this point of the, the draft, team in rushing touchdowns though, he might've, but he's still, I think know, he's, he's going to lose. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's lose some to some. Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, sure, it's just, absolutely. It's just, and I mean, the way Josh Allen is throwing the ball, it just, you know, that's even more. But I just – at this point, he's a starting running back in the league, and I don't know that there's another running back left that is probably the starter on his team, barring them adding anybody in Buffalo, which I don't think they will. They don't – I don't know that running back is their biggest need coming this offseason. They they have that's two rookie – two young guys. I'm at Robert Rookie, but two young guys who still are – On rookie um, contracts. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the guy that was the other guy I was thinking about right there. I thought you were taking him. Yeah, I, <laughs> trust me, it was close. It was close, and that was just basically I, based on the fact that I don't really like AJ Dillon. So I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have gone Dillon, but I, I get the Dillon pick. It's it's not it's not it's a horrible just, pick at this point. That that literally is just more of a one hundred percent close squint both eyes and 
throw a dart and see where it hits, basically. I mean, your, your thought of use him for the season, trade him away when he has huge value is probably spot on. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the only way that I can think about it, honestly. So, hey, 301, Eli. 301. Kick off the third round. Oh, this is where it gets really hairy. Mm. Well, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, where we thought a tight end would go. So I'm kind of bouncing that idea around, but I, I, I don't like this. Can I trade back? <laughs> sorry, sorry, no trade in this mock. I'll give you two fifths for it. <laughs> two fifths for it. All right. Uh, so here I'm going to stick with my list and I'm going to go Gabriel Davis at 301. So I think it's kind of one of those guys that the, I mean, 301, I am super excited to get the upside that he showed. And um, we could see some movement uh, in Buffalo, but Josh Allen, I'll take Josh Allen throwing to lots of people at this point. Um, Diggs looked really good. Uh, Gabriel Davis is a guy that can play opposite him and, I think they can play well off of each other. So I think that's a really good tandem that they can use there. Um, so yeah, 301 Gabriel Davis. That's a great pick. I, I thought about I thought about him at 211. It's a great pick. Especially because John Brown probably is gone. Yeah, John Brown most likely is gone. Oh yeah. I mean Cole Beasley's still there, but I mean Beasley's just that, you know, he's just that slot guy. Beasley benefited from Gabriel being a rookie, getting acclimated. And John Brown not being around. Oh yeah, well, yeah. What I'm saying is, that was that will probably be the three. Yeah, you know, sure. I don't think Be- I don't think Beasley eats in the in, eats into Gabriel Davis at all. So and nobody's going to eat into Diggs. So was was that no. the non name drop player there, Eli? Or you still have him on the board? Uh no, he hasn't been taken yet. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Michael, three hundred two. Are we? Are you still in the name? The non name drop player? Probably not. <laughs> I'm actually pivoting off of my spot here, and uh, with it being super flex, I might as well go ahead and do it, and I'm going to take quarterback Jalen Hurts uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, not exactly sure what's going to happen with Philadelphia. That place is kind of a nightmare right now with the Doug Peterson situation. He kind of left it in shambles. Mark is very, very disappointingly shaking his head at me like I just stole his uh, – Wheaties or Fruit Loops. Um, I don't like really cinnamon toast cereals, crunch. Stole you just stole my cinnamon toast there, crunch. I, I, that's my favorite cereal. So I stole your cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, so Jalen Hurts here, three hundred two. Take the upside. Not that I love Hurts, but that's oh, man. Exactly. Again, I don't love why Hurts do you either, keep but, stealing I mean, my pick? Can you stop, <laughs> Mark? Don't you know by now? Yes, I know. You got to go get your guy but with I, me. I literally, uh, okay, I figure when you stole Tua, okay, I'm good. How many drafts have we done together? I know, but I did. I did not expect either one of you to go hurts at this point. Did not it's expect just it constantly at all. people reaching over each other. God, man. Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, definitely not going quarterback at this point, just because they're. I'm gonna name drop one. Jordan Love ain't worth no pick in this draft. Maybe maybe in the late oh, fourth. Right. So no, not in this draft. Draft. 
Oh man, I, I, I love that. I love that argument. By the way, Stop. like we are literally in startups. Like we know players. Like who the hell cares if you're discussing a player or say or, or having the name drop? I, I just do it out of respect. Especially if so you're like, talking about the top like three picks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? What the hell does it even matter? No, my my I, only I thing know. is is it's dependent on who's in your league. If you seem to have a guy who's maybe not all that with it, it it gives them the opportunity to grab players they wouldn't maybe consider. That's my only thing. Well, like I said, well, like I said, it, it's a it's a, it's a bylaw for me in my leagues, but I just don't really see that huge of a deal. It 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 matters more when you get to the middle rounds and you you've got guys yeah, yeah. that when you're looking at I rankings and even think it's sleeper, People complain about it when it's a random player yeah. at a random time in the draft. But uh, all right, so I am going. To I got a quick question. Go ahead, real quick. Go ahead, give me time. Do you guys Perfect. know? Do you guys know who the name drop player is that I'm thinking of? No, I player that hasn't been drafted yet. I, I do. I okay. do. I do not. I have just blatantly ignored him. I. <laughs> I'm going to take Harrison Bryant, tight end, Cleveland Browns. I believe Bryant has the clearest path to being utilized the most between the top three tight ends in this class. So, yeah, that's where I'm going. Was that the name drop player? <laughs> I, don't think oh, so. I don't know. The way well, listen, I don't think so. I don't think it was. All right. I mean, I think I think I think Eli's going to either take him right here. Or he's going to see if one of us he's actually ends up taking him. Wait to see how Go ahead, Eli. So, you're up. Yeah. This feels like a, <laughs> it feels like a troll game at this point. Like I don't even. You're up at th- you're, you're up at three oh four. I don't even know what to do here. I I I think Mark's reaction is a testament to just how much nobody really cares about this guy. <laughs> like that's what I'm gonna say. Oh man. Go ahead, Eli. Do it. Oh no, shit. I'll do it. Oh. I will do it next round. Mark uh, next real pick. quick. <laughs> Does my pick at two ten ring any bells? Okay. Anyways, Does it ring any bells? Um just do it Eli. Three oh four here. Um damn it. <sighs> I don't want to do I'll have somebody else do it. But Mark is so confused. I, 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 gonna, my next pick will be it. Three or four. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to stick with tight end here, and I'm going to go Adam Troutman. It is what it is. This is a tight end premium league, though. Um, it's not a whole lot of guys on the board here that I'm going to take over um, one of these other tight ends, and uh, Troutman I think can you know get used to that system. They do throw to the tight end. We see more next year, and I think Trauma's got some upside. I liked him at the beginning, so I'm going to stick with that talent here, like you said, Mike. Well, I think Jerry Cook's gone, so. You know, probably leave those threes, for, yeah. Yeah, prob- perfect opportunity for Troutman in New Orleans. Um, 305, Henry Ruggs, oh. wide receiver of Las Vegas. Oh shit! <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I, at this point in time, at this point in time, I'm going to take uh, him. I, I don't even care. At 305, I, I don't care. I'm taking. Un, him. Unlike Dude. Jerry Judy and um, Jalen Hurts and 
A.J. Dillon, I just really don't see it with Henry Ruggs to be fantasy relevant. He's going to be great for the Raiders to open things up as a deep threat, but he literally is um, Darius Hayward Bay for the same damn team. Poor man's Deshaun Jackson. I, I, look, I, at three oh five though, at this point in time, oh, yeah. I'll take it. They don't have anything else at, right now. At that point, I, I was just whatever. letting him fall. I didn't even care to pick I, him. And no, I, I I knew it back. I knew it before you even took Brian. Never Edwards. considered I just, it. I mean, I've been watching oh, yeah. him drop from the like Edwards pictures was funny to me. So Let, let's just put it this way: in one of the leagues that I was in, looking at the. Looking at the the way that the draft went here, Henry Ruggs went two hundred one. Right. So the, for me, getting him here at three hundred five, I'll the take draft. It. I'm looking at he went one twelve. I just had to make sure I took Donovan Peoples Jones over. So, <laughs> so that puts you on the clock at three hundred six. It does. I might actually go back to the tight end because the the guy I actually I have Troutman as the my number three, only because I, I don't know what that offense is. Next year with who? Or, or I mean, yeah, they've used the tight end, but that's been with Breeze. Winston isn't isn't a big tight end guy, and if Taysom Hill's the quarterback, oh, I don't really want anything in that offense. Maybe outside of Thomas and Kamara. So Taysom Hill is not going to be the quarterback in that offense. I I agree, but I think you're going to take my Sean guy here. Payton is Sean. He, he does some weird things. So I'm going to go back to the tight end. I'm going to go with Cole Komet. I, I just, that was my other option. It, in in that offense, didn't even think about it. I think I know who you're the tight end you're considering, but in that offense, he's gotten used. They're probably going to lose Allen Robinson, so we'll see what they bring in otherwise a wide receiver. But it's just an offense that I think utilizes the tight end in in different ways. And just for me, Komet has the upside at this point. So, oh, for sure, I could have yeah. taken him over Troutman easy. I just I, yeah, I, I just, went with I just like I, his opportunities better. Yeah, I just Trump. preferred Troutman, you know, previously. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Fair deal. But you're on the board, Eli. Again. You're on the board, three or seven. Oh. You are up. Yeah. Again. It's a three part it's a three person draft, but <laughs> I know. Especially with us. We don't we don't dilly dally. I don't like some of these picks here because all of my uh guys are going off the board pretty quickly. Um so I think I only have to go out of ranking. I got one pick here, and that is – this is straight upside. Um, nothing more but uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, obviously, the Bears situation I don't love at all, and we've discussed that, but I think there's upside. Um, but, again, here we're drafting players – I, I see the same type of thing with Henry Ruggs. There's other guys that we see right now that are big play threats, fast guys, but they're not going to put up consistent fantasy points for you. So unless you're playing in a super deep league with three wide receiver spots and three flexes and you're starting them down there um, or best ball, it's you're shooting for upside. Uh, that would have been my pick if – you had taken rugs at three oh five. Mooney was my guy there, so yep. I love the pick. It was a good personally. pick. It was a good pick. Yeah. So uh, what is that? Three oh eight for me. Yes, three oh eight. I'm going to take my first tight end off the mm-hmm. board here, 
and I'm going to go with Albert O. No, that's not who I expected. Actually. Tight end of Denver. Um, for for me, it's more. Uh, he was used even when Fant came back, and it wasn't as prominent in the role. But tight end usually takes a little while to develop, and I think that Denver is a little lackluster in their playmakers overall. Unless Judy happens to you know catch stride. They don't really have a wide open offense, so they're going to do a lot of two tight end sets. Running back is an issue. They don't really know what to do. Philip Lindsay's a unrestricted free agent. Melvin Gordon's an unrestricted free agent. So I think that they could use the weapons that they're going to use, and Albert O could be a good fill-in spot, plug-in. He has the athletic tools. At one point in time, they were considering this guy to be a possible first-round pick or the first tight end off the board um, in, in a lot of mock drafts. So the the physical tools are there and the and the and the talents there it's just he needs to put it together so him and Noah can can coexist so 308 Albert O Gakawumba boom boom nam <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name I tried it it was miserable uh 309 Mark <clears throat> I am going to go with Quintez Cephas, wide receiver, Detroit Lions. Third round, late third round. I mean, right now this team doesn't have any wide receivers left on it going into this offseason, so who knows where they go. But he's got some speed, could have the opportunity. We'll see. But at this point, it's it's pure upside with Quintez. Yeah, sticking with that one. All right. Uh I mean, pretty straightforward there. I mean, they don't. He's the only one on roster right now that has a contract, isn't he? I believe. I mean, I'm sure there's some other guys there, Amendola, but not really anybody of Amendola, note. Right, Amendola and Galladay and Marvin Jones are all free agents. Yep. So right now, as it stands, he's the only one that is the only one that has namesake that's on roster with the contract. So, uh, Eli, three ten as we wind down the this 2020 vision. Well, Mark took the guy that I was really hoping to take with my final pick. Because I think that's this is right about where you see uh, the big gap, right? Um, I think we have two full rounds of really solid picks, and then now we're getting to the end of the third. This third has been mainly upside, um, so I didn't want to have to make – any other any more decisions here but uh i'm gonna go for more just potential from a couple things that we saw and um see what that looks like and i'm gonna go with joshua kelly chargers um i think i'm just going for running back here filling some running back depth and We'll see what happens. Um, we saw a couple things, but he kind of got overshadowed and fell to the back end of that um, roster. Um, but I think Eckler needs a second back, and we'll see what happens with uh, between Kelly and Jackson. Now, my issues with that was when Jackson came back, and Kelly basically became obsolete. But at this point in time, what can you really do? You know? My only worry is they gave him the chance – he just gave it away, and I don't know if they'll ever trust him again at this point. That's that's my only worry with him. 
He had fumbling issues too, didn't he? Or he had fumbling issues. I shouldn't say too, because Jonathan Taylor didn't end up having fumbling issues. But he, he did. Yeah, he had fumbling issues. He did, but oh. he just, he just, even given the opportunity, he just didn't, just didn't seize it like he that we all hoped he would, and it just this, uh, it's just such a gross spot. There's like a few, like I could like pick like eight other players and feel just as gross about it. <laughs> Probably there, there's a there's a running back and a, well two running backs that I probably would have gone over Kelly here and there's a tight end that I am considering here at three eleven but I'm going to go with the running back uh, the running back and the tight end that I'm considering both had injury issues this year uh, neither one of them really saw the field uh, but I'm going solely based off what I saw talent tape and metrics and I'm going to take running back Darrington Evans from Tennessee. Hmm. I know Derrick Henry is the workhorse and the guy who runs the the hell out of the ball and two-time rushing champ back-to-back. And uh, Evans saw the field in the in the short time that he was healthy. It was like two games, and he, he had uh, a decent workload for a guy who missed the majority of the season, and then he got hurt again. If he can stay healthy, Darrington Evans is going to be an excellent spell back for Derrick Henry that could literally be utilized as a weapon with a team that already has a weapon at quarterback and two weapons at wide receiver, assuming that they re-sign Corey Davis. So uh, I, I like Evans upside here. I think his tape was one of the more, was one of the better tapes overall. I, I He doesn't have like three down upside, but he's a guy you definitely could plug in week in and week out if he actually gets the workload. So I, I, I think Darrington Evans here uh, for me, Tennessee. Yeah, I um, can't really well. argue with any of the last few picks. They go on. So it closes out, Mark. So this is three twelve. All right. So there's two guys I'm considering here. I'm looking at Lynn Bowden Jr., which is quite surprising for me because I'm I was not big on him coming out, but him actually being in Miami raises his value over him being in Las Vegas. And they utilized him in Miami. He was my other Started guy to, that yeah. I was considering here at running back. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll probably I'm s i am can't assume Drew Green Grant is coming back. Maybe he is. I don't know his contract situation, but he feels like a guy that probably is not gonna be there. Um the other thing guy I'm considering is Tyler Johnson. If God yeah, that leaves, was one of mine. You know, they're they're gonna be look if if Antonio Brown doesn't come back. I mean, I I expect Brown to be back just because of him and Brady. But, you know, Godwin leaves. Johnson has an opportunity. I'm going to go with Lynn Bowden Jr. just because I think he has the clearer path at this point than Tyler Johnson. I mean, we don't even know what that offense will be like in three years if, if you know, Brady's gone, Arians is gone. Who knows what this team could be. Well, so. I also think Brian Flores wants Bowden there, and I think they're going to try to utilize him. And if they do take Devontae Smith at three, I think it only benefits him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, they could go with pretty much any <clears throat> wide receiver. It doesn't matter who outside of a guy like Rondale Moore. You get Rondale Moore or, or even Elijah Moore, those two guys, that hurts Bowden just because. Well, yeah, for they, sure. They, he, he does they're the gadget thing. guys like he is. So, but if, if you know, they get a, a true, just regular wide receiver. Like that's gonna play even inside outside it doesn't matter. Bowden has a chance. Some yeah. some surprises. Oh, Bowden was the guy I predicted three three eleven. The tight end that I was considering was Devin Asiasi. That, that's why I thought you were gonna take over um, Albert O. I just 
I think he's the starter in New New England next year. And if they can get a quarterback that actually can get him the ball, I mean, and he can stay healthy. That was the other thing. He was injured for most of the year too. So yeah, I, that, I mean, that's where I thought you were going. Um, don't forget though, they also have um, Dalton Keen. Dalton Keen. So you know, not sure which who will go do what, but I I thought Asiasi was going to be your pick there. Keen's going to be mainly used as like that Chris Cooley type, though. Yeah, I'd, fullback H. I, I would take Asiasi over Keen. He just you know he's just another yep. young tight end in that team. Keyshawn Vaughn. Any, anybody consider him at any point? I thought I thought no. about it a little bit. Um, I actually had him off my board completely. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they're gonna. I mean, he, I, he only played this week because Jones was somehow hurt in pregame. I don't know how that happened, but I think Tyler Johnson, like you said, Jordan Love, um, are both guys that could fall into this mix somewhere potentially. Um, yeah, I'm. Just, I mean, I'm just looking at guys that went. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn went in the first round of a lot of drafts, and Jordan Love went in the draft that I was looking at. Jordan Love went two hundred four. Yeah, Jordan. Anthony McFarland's another, I mean, that's a, another that, running back. That, that's a that's a three or four year play there. A- Anthony McFarland, Van Jefferson, he, Van Jefferson Van was a Jefferson. consideration for me. Just I, I I did consider Van. I did consider Van. Just they they use Josh Reynolds. So if they, if, if Reynolds is still going to be around or whatever, then it needs to vet Van at this point. I can see that. Anybody else that that went higher that we just completely left off? There, you guys, KJ Hamler's another one. KJ Hamler was actually a surprise for me. Anthony McFarland would have been, you know, somewhere in the top three rounds. He's not on here. Gandy Golden, that's about it. But then you're kind of outside the. Antonio Gandy Golden. I considered Gandy Golden because I was big on him coming out. Still am big on him. In Washington, they don't have any playmakers. So he's going to have an opportunity. Um, He just was hurt. Same thing that we talked about with Darrington Evans and Devin Asiasi. I mean, you're just you're hurt. You can't play if you're not on the field because you're hurt. It's hard to take you, you know, anywhere higher than where you're at. So it's basically, you know, I, I like his situation moving forward. I think Washington will address a wide receiver, but I, I still think Andy Golden's going to have an opportunity and chance. It's just going to be where there's there's one guy that I expected way more out of him at the end of the season and he just never was able to get on the field even with a receiving group that was very lackluster Isaiah Coulter I don't I, I especially when they fired Bill O'Brien and he got healthy I thought okay let's see they're gonna see what he is see if they have anything with this guy and he literally was inactive outside of I think two games and even in those two games he did nothing so that I, I'm wondering if that was just the Romeo Cornell. Yeah, but that's why I thought they were taking over the job and position. I don't know. That's why if, I thought they would try to use him. I, I I don't know that he he worries me at this point because he, he just never was able to get on the field. I mean, even Donovan People Jones worked his way onto the field and showed something. So yeah, I, that it's hard. It's hard to tell with the Houston. I mean, they were completely mismanaged across the board, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, that's just a guy that you know, maybe he comes in. Maybe he comes in next year and really. I don't know, surprises everybody. I saw him play. I've seen him play twice. I mean, I, he went to Rhode Island. They play Maine. Yeah, I see him play twice, and I mean, he he looked like a whole different animal. I mean, there was two Rhode Island receivers that could have been drafted in in this draft class. Coulter was always the guy who stuck out to me, and 
you know, maybe Houston uses him next year after they now that they got rid of Kenny Stills and they're just going to kind of give him a, a, a red shirt year t- per se. Kenny and Bills? It's hard to tell. So, so yeah, Kenny Bills. <laughs> oh, did you guys see that offensive lineman that started for the Colts mm-hmm. and now is going to start Valdir. for. Um, yeah, Valdir, and he's going to start for. Uh, who was it? He's going to start the for. Packers. The Packers, Green Bay. Only because yeah. of the COVID rules. With the, uh, I want to call them taxi squad, practice squad. Um, the rules were different this year. If a guy was on the practice squad, I guess he could sign other places in the playoffs. And that's what Valdir yeah. is doing. Well, that's what we just saw with Devontae Freeman, too, in Buffalo. But not a, not a playoff team. This is, no, this but is I'm the just first saying, time I mean, ever. Oh, you're talking about for the playoff teams. Oh, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. ever a guy who played in one playoff game is going to now play for a different team in a different playoff game. And we probably will never see it again. No, probably not. Hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Dynasty Academy tonight. Until next week, be safe and have a good night. Or good day. I don't know. Depends on. Well, how do you want me to end it? 2020 vision. Dynasty Academy. Our consensus first round. (laughs) But. do we want to run, run, run? Do we want to run through it? Did somebody write those down? I didn't write them down. So, does somebody remember them? I got them written down. I was saying, I thought Eli had. Hold on. Well, Eli, why don't you go ahead and Eli, why don't you go ahead and run us down through the first round of our consensus 2020 vision draft? All right. So, uh, kicking it off, we had 101 Justin Herbert, 102 Joe Burrow, 103 J.K. Dobbins. 104, Justin Jefferson. 105, Jonathan Taylor. 106, Cam Akers. 107, CeeDee Lamb. 108, DeAndre Swift. 109, Antonio Gibson. 110, James Robinson. 111, Brandon Ayuk. 112, T. Higgins. And that, and that was a consensus, right? We kind of said there's like a couple guys you might put in there towards the end in a different order. But I mean, you could reshuffle the back half, but overall, I would say it's pretty consensus. Well, who, might, might be, yeah. well, who was the guy you said you would probably take over Robinson at 110? Well, I would have put Ayuk and Higgins up and moved them up one. And then uh, who did I take at 202? I forgot. Pittman. Why did, Pittman. Why did I forget who I took at 202? Oh, Pittman. Pittman. I would have put Pittman at 112. That's okay. fair. So, I can see. For me, it was just the receiver. Just for me, the receivers at the back half, I think they'll just hold a little more value over 
James Robinson at this point, but I mean, I would have had James Robinson at 201. I mean, I still would have had Robinson ahead of CEH, so it's not like it's that drastic of a change. No, I, mean, I was just curious. It's just a matter of like, who actually yeah, it was looked. just a matter of one or two positions. I don't know why I drew a blank on my hypothetical. <laughs> such a weird thing to draw a blank on. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I pretty much say team, we're so. consensus there at the top. Yeah, the oh, top yeah. It's definitely pretty consensus for sure. I mean, I mean, if it's not, it's like one or two positions. I don't know that we're – are we consensus on the second round for the most part? I mean, second I was on the CEH, so again, we're talking one or two spots. Yeah, but I'm just overall who we have pretty much in the second Regular, round and where they went first. Cool. Tua, Mims, Chenault, Judy. Edwards, Peoples Jones, AJ Dillon, Zach Moss. I, didn't, I mean, I'd imagine you guys probably had Donovan Peoples Jones lower. I had him inside the top in, in the top half of the third. I figured you were probably going to take him at three hundred one. Well, okay, so who? That's who, where I thought you were going to take. Who him. went three hundred one, three hundred two? Gabriel Davis. I took Gabriel Davis three hundred one, three hundred two. Jalen Hurts. Okay, well, so I would prefer Davis over Peoples Jones. After that, there probably isn't anybody else that I would prefer from the third round over. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's basically, what, one or two spots maybe? I mean, so... if you want to go tight end, I could understand somebody taking a tight end over him just if they, you know, went a couple wide receivers in the first two rounds, whatever. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I don't, I honestly, Eli, at this point, people's Jones wouldn't fall much further. Yeah, so we're so, pretty, I, like, I said, I, like I said, I had him at 301 to you. I, so. I mean, I, I, I could see Davis over Dylan and Moss even, so. That that, I mean that that. So yeah, I think we're pretty consensus there. Also, I'd probably I, I would say I would consider redoing my Troutman pick and going commit there. Just I think they're it's flip floppable. Um, other than that, I think I think I'm pretty spot on. Uh, I have Osiasi. I have Osiasi rated higher than Troutman. That's the only. That's that's probably the only huge difference that I would have had is I don't know if I would have had Troutman in my third. Yeah, the, at this point I would. There's, there's there's just too many questions surrounding New Orleans, like Mark said, and for me it's um, there's just as many questions in New England for me. So I I probably would still prefer Troutman just because I think he's a better athlete overall. So, but I, I don't know. I see. I see. Was he split out a lot at UCLA? So I mean, but we're, I think we're splitting hairs at that point. They're, oh, oh, yeah, no. I'm not saying it's like a huge difference. We, we to me, there's three, four. This is a horrible I, I'd have yeah, Albert O further class. back. Horrible. I just don't think it's a good tight end horrible. class. I, 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 it's, I mean, when Cole Komet was drafted, he was literally the eighth tight end on Chicago when he was drafted. So, I mean, I know that a lot of them aren't there, but, I mean, they literally had eight tight ends on roster when he got it's drafted. It's not a great class, but I, I do think the top two – I mean, let's put it honest, Harrison Bryant wasn't – really that thought of because he's the third tight end on that team, but I'm sure Njoku's going to be gone. Austin Hooper is not what everyone thought Austin Hooper was going to be. He's just... The, the, the Falcons use tight ends in a different way, and Hooper just benefited from that. He's a blocking tight end that, that benefited from being in Atlanta. Well, he also benefited from the volume. Right, that's, that's what he's falling he behind and had to come Benefited back. from being in Atlanta. That's... <laughs> Though Hooper did play really, really well against Pittsburgh. Yeah, but that's what he I mean. He's here he and there. Very good. Brian is the is the of the two of the three. He's just the best one, I think. So I think I just think Njoku's going to be gone. If, if I knew Njoku would be there next year, I wouldn't take Harrison Bryant at that point. I'd go. Yeah, Njoku's definitely gone. He was already trying to get out of there before. Right, so. Exactly. The only other guy that I was kind of surprised that we didn't even consider in the third at the end of the third was uh, Lamichael P. Ryan. 
It was the other name. I mean, I think that might just. I just. Kind I think of that just might be because by we the whole of, time. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of feel like that maybe it's because of the fact that the Jets, the Jets. expect the Jets to maybe I mean, take, a, take a running back or something. But who was? I mean, Ty Johnson and, and Michael P. Ryan right now are their main guys. Who, so who they had somebody else though at the. And this is Josh Adams. Adams, that was the other one. Okay, I couldn't think of who it was. But Adams was uh, Adams was up and down through the practice squad. Yeah, yeah. I, just, all, I knew there was a guy that that was there at the last game. It was Adams and and um, what's my call? But yeah, Johnson. Johnson. Ty Johnson. I, I was I kept thinking Ty, Ty Montgomery. No, Ty Johnson. Yeah, that's New Orleans. Well, I know. That's why I didn't say him. <laughs> I knew he wasn't with the Jets. That's why I didn't say the name. He was. But not anymore. Was was that's our 2020 vision draft guess. That's, that's it. it. 